Welcome to the Configure Price Code podcast. My name is Frank Sohn and I'm the founder of NoCPQ Consulting. This podcast is 100% focused on Configure Price Quote, also known as CPQ, and will provide you useful insights into this topic. My guest today is Vic Pellicano. Vic is the CEO of Verenia and he was a guest on a previous CPQ podcast episode. And this time we want to talk about their newest product, Verenia CRM, and definitely also about their Verenia CPQ solution. Welcome, Vic, to the CPQ podcast. Hey, thanks, Frank. Thanks for having me again. Appreciate it. I'm very excited having you again and look forward to learn more about your Verenia CRM solution. But before we do that, please tell our listeners who do not know you a little bit about yourself and how you started Verenia. Yeah. So back, uh, way back now, um, in you know, 2012, 2013, I got together with some partners that had worked um, in CPQ before and kind of the vision for their space that I, we didn't think was well executed on in the marketplace was kind of this omni-channel stuff in terms of be, the CPQ being the tool. And we'll talk more about how this ties into, you know, uh, historical into what we're working on now later. But what wasn't being worked on heavily then was, you know, the ability for CPQ to almost be an e-commerce engine and to drive uh, that revenue not just from... Um, to drive new ROI, not just from the internal users, right, who are using the tool to automate their quoting and ordering, uh, but also for, you know, the dealers and distributors. And, and really, and you know this, Frank, probably better than just about anybody, is how complicated B2B sales really are and how many channels and the incentives and promotions and discounts. It, there's this, uh, a large push in a lot of industries to talk about B to B to C and, you know, B to B customers want B to C functionality and things like that. But we know the reality, it's easy to say that in a blog or something that you're writing uh, in Forbes or whatever, the reality for a lot of customers is a lot more difficult because you can't just put up a website to say like, okay, go ahead and order from me. You can't do that when you have you know, uh, uh, several hundred customers who have different price lists, or you have these advanced discounting schedules, or you really can't, or you, you price and discount based on the volume of orders they put in with you, or certain products aren't available because of regulatory requirements to certain customers, or you have exclusivity agreements. There's just, it's very, very hard. And I think it's much harder than like, if you sell t-shirts, right? Um, and you need a website that helps you sell t-shirts. It's a pretty straightforward thing. I mean, no, no offense to anybody who sells t-shirts. I'm sure you, they run great businesses, but, um, it's, it's just different. And, and a lot of these relationships have been baked out for years. And the reason you buy, you know, a screw or a wedge or something like that from the person you buy it from is largely because of the, you know, kind of relationship you've had with them over the years. So we really saw CPQ as, I'll call it a personalization tool, but almost like a business personalization tool because because it is so flexible with the rules engine and everything else. You really can drive out these unique experiences for um, your customers, no matter the channel, right? And it really has this flexibility that a lot of e-commerce systems don't have out of the box. I think what's happened uh, over the years, and again, we'll talk more about the enterprise space later, is that's become kind of table stakes for a lot of the vendors. 
And many of them, uh, since we got into the market, are now talking about it and delivering on it in some cases. I still think we have the best examples and the best live customers of that to really show people the, the omni-channel experience. But, um, but yeah, and th so that wasn't being well executed on. Um, so that's why we got into the space to begin with. You know, personally, my entrepreneurial journey was a little bit uh, strange, though. Um, I don't know how far into my history you want to dig. But we, uh, but yeah, when I started the business, I had just had uh, my first son, and um, it was it was funny. We went to have the baby, and we went to the hospital uh, Sunday night, and I had our first employee was starting uh, the Monday after that. So he actually worked from my house in the basement um, by himself in my house uh, while I was at the hospital with my wife and new baby. I did promise my wife I was going to take off that week, but that didn't happen. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been it's been a winding journey right around family and everything else. But um, yeah, so that that's kind of how I ended up in CPQ and what we saw as the advantages we could offer. Vic, you have a lot of things going on in your life. You have a family with three young kids, and you run a fast-growing company. How do you do it? Uh, well, I wake up at four thirty in the morning. And I pretty much put it in sixth gear, uh, and then I just keep it that way until about 10 or 11 o'clock at night, and I get up and do it again. I think the, the only thing that honestly gets me out of bed in the morning, I love the company. I love helping customers. It really does drive a lot of it. But for me, it's, it's getting home and seeing my wife and kids and being able to go to the zoo and being able to be around my family and things like that, that really centers me. It's, it's been the same my whole life, regardless of all the professional success over the years. Um, it really honestly helps keep me uh, in a mindset where I can remember who I am and where I came from and, and the people who rely on me day to day uh, and what I'm doing for them and why I'm doing it. And I think that's You know, that's the important thing, I think, and it gets harder the bigger you get is to remember just what got you here in the first place. So when we started, you know, so much of it, my dad had a small business. Um, he was he owned a trucking company and, you know, he'd always talk a lot about the customers and, you know, putting the customer first and things like that. And I always thought, I think when you're not in business, you always kind of roll your eyes at the customers or when you're when you're uh, working retail or something and they just put you out front and it's it's difficult to deal with customers. But, you know, one of the things he'd always tell me is, uh, you know, if it weren't for the customers, we'd all be sitting home with no jobs. And I always think about that. So when we built the company, we really did center it around the customer and really say, like, you know, how do we make sure every customer is successful? How do we put things in place for them to get the most out of the system and the most out of us personally? And if that means, you know, the CEO has to get in his car and drive, you know, six hours to go see a customer because there's an emergency uh, early on, I would. And I tell those stories now. So, you know, my employees now feel the same way. You know, the customers come first, second and third, you know. Uh, and I take good care of my employees and I expect them to take even better care of the customers. And we really do kind of center around that personally because, you know, it's for me, it's about relationships. I think that's uh, at, at some point it's about software. It's about features. But if you if those people don't trust you and they don't believe in you and they don't believe that you understand what they need and that you're listening to them and that you're going to deliver on the things you say you're going to deliver on. I, I think that's just a recipe for a broken relationship. And that goes not just for customers and business, right? But your wife, your kids, uh, everybody. You just have to, 
you have to, you know, be there for them and know what's best for them and just, you know, uh, and, and honestly be out in front of it. And when you say you're going to do something, you have to do it. I think that's just great advice for, for anyone, actually. Now, I know that Verenia is privately funded and that VCs and private equity firms are still interested in CPQ vendors because I talked to them. And what is for you personally the biggest difference between a privately held startup and a VC funded startup? Yeah, we we only received a very little bit of friends and family money when we first got going. We haven't uh, raised um, outside capital, although you never know what the future holds. But uh, to date, we've, we've bootstrapped the business. And I think what what you get is this enormous sense of responsibility um, when you're bootstrapped that every every payroll, every check that goes out, every check that comes in, every customer account, every relationship, all of it is the beginning and end. It's the alpha and omega of your business. You know, I mean, there's times early on in the business where you're like, oh, man, if we don't get this account, I don't know what we're going to do. Let's, you know, go work at uh, Toys R Us or something, I guess. But, you know, you're uh, <laughs> you're just really under a lot of pressure. Right. And I think that pressure now obviously it comes off as you get bigger. But you, you kind of keep the same mindset that that's how important these things are. And that's what made you successful. Um, and I think as you get to the point where you're trying to say, okay, we're at a certain point, and does a partner help us get to the next point uh, more effectively or faster? Uh, I think those are always conversations you have to explore. Whether or not you actually do it is a different story. Um, but I think, you know, from our standpoint, it's allowed us to take that really customer-centric focus where I think some firms who've raised a lot of outside capital, I mean, you've seen what happened with, with Aptis recently, and there was just an article about uh, you know their, their new CEO and his 100 days, and he said, we're going to become a customer-focused company. Well, you know, I didn't have a decade of not being a customer-focused company. Um, so I, like, I get that, and it's good. It's good for their customers, and I'm sure it'll be good for the long-term health of their business. But like, we've always been that, right? So, um, and I think it's harder to, I think it's harder to change a company to be customer-centric than it is to take a great customer that's respected, or a great company that's respected in the marketplace and by its customers and grow on the reputation that they've built than it would be to repair the reputation. I mean, your reputation, your word is your life. And uh, and if people don't trust that and if they don't read good things about you, you know, if you go look up Verenia on Glassdoor or, you know, Capterra or what have you, um, or, you know, Sweet App, you, you read what our customers really think about us. Uh, we work our tails off for them and, and we, we spend an awful lot of time earning uh, those reviews and comments. And I think it's very difficult when you're just churning through accounts, trying to find product market fit like a venture capitalist or a private equity group would have you do. Um, you know, they'll have you burn through 100 customers before you figure it out. But I didn't have the luxury to burn through 100 customers, so I had to figure it out a lot faster. <laughs> no, and I think that's a very good segue to my next question, because you have had already quite some success with your Verenia CPQ solution based on a NetSuite platform, right? But now you decided to also offer Verenia for CRM, right? So, And uh, my question was really, why did you decide to offer that solution? What was the main driver for that? Well, there, uh, there's two drivers. Um, one is about 70% of the um, people we talked to, 70 to 75 roughly when we did our analysis, uh, when they were looking for a CPQ solution, obviously we come up as, as one of the top vendors. And, but 
almost all of them were also shopping for CRM or ERP. It was, it was, they were replatforming or whatever the, the cool term for that is now their, their business systems. So they, they saw CPQ as a tool in the chest, right? Like you call it a tool often on your podcast. And I think that's a good word for it, right? But they have a whole tool chest of things that they're trying to swap out together. So we really saw so much synergy between CPQ and CRM that it just kind of felt natural. So, uh, the, and the idea, w- and the other challenge is when you're, the CPQ market and functionality exists in this very uh, weird world where if you go too far into functionality for the inside reps, it almost is a CRM. And if you go too far into the functionality for you know the omni-channel experience like we had, it almost is an e-commerce system. But frankly, people don't Google CPQ and think it's a CRM, and they don't Google you know, CPQ and think it's an e-commerce system. So I think part of it was clarifying with the customers what was going on, but the other part of it was it lets us build all these tools around CPQ that maybe other CPQ vendors offer, um, but really having it in one integrated solution, I think people really do appreciate that. I think they want to see one interface. They want to have, um, you know, the CPQ tool in there nicely. That's why you see all the vendors, even in Salesforce, you know, making all their tools look just like Salesforce. Uh, and we did that at NetSuite, right? I mean, we are the only native vendor there, so that helps. Um, but, you know, they want this all in one experience, but sometimes they don't always, so to, to answer the question of like, why did we build it, right? That experience, sometimes they don't love the experience that uh, is out of the box in some systems. So if you use QuickBooks, for example, right? Like maybe, you know, we're also going to use a timesheet management system or an inventory management system. But, you know, the people who are managing uh, inventory, I don't need them to see my financials. But at the end of the day, I need it to tie back to the financial system. So it's important that it be integrated, but the interface and the usage isn't ideal for the people who are doing that kind of work. So when we built Verenia CRM for NetSuite, the idea was, can we take what NetSuite does really well, which is this amazing platform that's worldwide and does all this, but uh, we didn't think was getting enough looks um, in the marketplace for just people who are looking for sales acceleration solutions, of which we're part of. Um, and how can we give it that unique look and feel that is really built just for salespeople, but still having all the advantages that NetSuite has under the covers and available uh, for those customers in the future? You know, there's there's uh, thousands and thousands of NetSuite customers out there using third-party CRMs, and we really think that those people would rather have a native CRM uh, inside NetSuite, but maybe for whatever reason, they're just not using the NetSuite tool. And we think those people are obviously um, going to want to come over. And we also think where there's a huge amount of customers every year being added that use Salesforce and NetSuite, that I don't think they need Salesforce either. Salesforce is a, is an amazing tool, right? But it's this huge system. You know, a lot of the implementations are bulky and expensive and, and don't go well. I think our solution on top of NetSuite really solves a lot of the same issues they have, maybe without all the sexy features, um, but a really great, unique sales experience. Um, and ours is free, right? So if you use NetSuite, you get the Verenia CRM for free. 
Um, and you've got some exciting features you can add on to it at the end that um, you know might cost a few bucks but really create new value on top of what NetSuite offers. But it's free and it lets you keep everything in NetSuite and stay away from the system integrations and trying to figure out what data needs to go where and what schedule and data warehousing. It really, it really goes back to the whole NetSuite all-in-one business system thing and how we're just creating that sales experience layer on top of it. Learn more about CPQ today. We have two offerings you probably want to know about. First, we have a free resource, our CPQ Circle Community, which offers CPQ knowledge, CPQ-specific industry knowledge, and CPQ-specific best practices, as well as CPQ job opportunities. Leading CPQ firms, system integrators, thought leaders, customers, and researchers add content here. Check it out today at www.novocpq.com. Go to Resources and then select CPQ Circle Community. Second, we have a paid monthly subscription that keeps you up to date with the global CPQ market. If you are a CPQ vendor, system integrator or a large customer with multiple CPQ systems, you don't want to miss this. Go to www.novocpq.com, look for Services and select Subscriptions to learn more. And let me ask one question here. So how did NetSuite react when you told them that you want to develop this CRM tool? Well, they said, we have a CRM. Uh, why would you do that, right? Um, so we had to educate them a little bit that it wasn't. Their concerns were like, you know, is it is it using the architecture? Is it using our... Um, You know, our, our data fields, like when we save a quote, is it different than a NetSuite quote? But once they found out what it did, uh, they were really excited about it. And we've already uh, introduced it to a lot of the people there. We were at Sweet World showing it off. Uh, there's a lot of excitement being generated. I think the initial reaction probably wasn't uh, super ideal, but I think, frankly, I could have done a better job of prepping everybody for what was going to happen. And maybe I didn't do the best job of that. So I think, but I think now that they understand what it is and that it's just uh, creating the sales experience on top of their CRM, I think they're, they're much more engaged with it. Mm -hmm. And now then tell us a little bit more about the highlights uh, about this Verenia CRM, right? What, what is it? For whom is it? What does it do? So if you're using NetSuite and you're looking at third-party CRMs for you know, new features or functionality, or frankly, the thing we hear the most is, uh, is adoption, right? So they have a CRM, they're either using NetSuite or Salesforce or whatever, and they can't get their salespeople to use it because it actually causes more work sometimes than they're doing today, and no business system should do that ever. I mean, that's a bad business system if, uh, if the people have to do more work than they used to do. And so we, we think we can drive up that adoption. Um, so that's the first thing you'll get out of it. And again, that's free, right? You can just go in, install it, and you'll get some tools in terms of being able to use our tagging system. And we have a drag and drop quote and order creator um, where you can drag items up and down. It's a much more visual experience. Now, when you pair that with the CPQ, right, and our guided selling and our configurator tools, you really get probably one of the more unique sales experiences you'll ever see that's actually living inside an ERP. Because, you know, ERP does, has to do so many things. It can't just be the sales tool. It can be a sales tool, but it can't just be that, right? But we can. We have that flexibility. So um, we have some really cool features. We have very deep email integration, um, and it creates kind of a timeline view. So where you can look at 
you know, a, a customer. So if you use uh, a different system, right, you might have to go pull up the customer and then you have to go and copy out another thing or open another screen and then put the customer number in to pull up another thing. It might take three, four, five steps. So just an example, if you're a customer service rep at a manufacturer and you get a call and it says, hey, you know, did order one, two, three, four, five ship. To answer that question can take upwards of 15, 20 minutes, even for a seasoned rep, because, you know, sometimes you got to go find the paperwork or you got to pull up the order in the system and then you have to pull up a different screen, heaven forbid, a different inventory system or something uh, or a shipping system. But, you know, with our tool, it creates a timeline view for every customer, quote, order, opportunity, where you can see what's happening in real time. So you can pull it up and you can view that timeline view and say, oh, yeah, this just shipped. And it, and it all takes about two clicks to get to that information. So, again, it's creating that usability and driving that adoption where salespeople want to use the tool, um, which, again, will increase the return on investment you get out of it. I mean, you get nothing out of a tool that nobody uses, right? Yep, yep. No, that that's absolutely true. But I mean, one thing I have to ask here also is, so CRM is a different customer relationship management, is a different system than the CPQ system. How did you uh, uh, come yourself up to speed with what CRM requirements you would want to implement into Verenio CRM? Yeah, it's, by the way, it's much bigger than I thought. I think, I think every, um, Every enterprise ecosystem is so much bigger and more complicated than those of us who aren't in it think. Like, you think a billing system, ah, you send a bill, that should just work. That, well, there's a little more to it. Um, so <laughs> with CRM, what we did is we took a day in the life. We, we have a target customer that is a physical product company. That's, that, those are our companies. So manufacturing, wholesale, and retail. If you sell a physical good... We, we provide a lot of value for those people. We have customers outside of that, you know, financial um, customers and software customers, but those are, those are our three biggest ones. Uh, we do really well with them. So when you look at them, you, what you have to do is you have to go, first of all, CRM wasn't built for them. They didn't build Salesforce.com for a retailer. They didn't build Salesforce.com for a manufacturer. I mean, they definitely didn't build it for a manufacturer. So it... it What they did, though, was they built it for this segment of people, especially in software, professional services, who, you know, just it's, it was a contact database, right? And you could send emails and do things like that. When we looked at CRM, we said, what, you know, what do these people need? How do they do business, right? So we developed, you know, kind of charts and graphs of what the average day-to-day -day work is like for our target customers, and what they're spending their time doing and how we can integrate that into the solution. So a lot of that is it ended up being factored into the timeline view I talked about earlier, right? Is the amount of time and clicks it takes to get information out that they need to have handy, the amount of time and clicks it takes to put in a quote or an order, and that's where you get into CPQ land, right? Yep. Is, you know, how do we create a quote correctly quickly or an order correctly quickly? Um, we have like very deep email integration in our CRM. So, and that's all part of the timeline view. So you can keep, um, you know, email threads going about quotes, about orders that are accessible to everybody in the company. And again, that, that information is stored and is all shareable. Um, we have a live quoting feature, we call it, where you can send out a quote and the customer will get an email saying you have a quote and they can click on it to view it. And when they view it, that the fact that they viewed it, first of all, is logged in the CRM. So you know that they looked at it and you're notified. And then when they eventually accept it, it turns itself right into an order. So it's, it's a way maybe of skimming an e-commerce system 
uh, where you kind of have people uh, still sending quotes internally. You haven't gone to full e-commerce yet. But uh, so they put together the quote. They could send it off and maybe you can save, you know, four or five, six clicks uh, or whatever, retyping the thing as an order by just having the customer accept it. And by the way, having them accept it, right, you log the IP and you log all the information so you know they're actually the ones clicking on it and accepting it. We have one customer who uh, who decided they didn't need signatures anymore because of that, right, mm-hmm. because the customer is actually accepting it. So, and they know it's them because they can view that they are the one, the only ones that received the email, they're the ones that opened it and clicked on it. So I think a lot of those advantages around the quoting piece, um, where you kind of get into a nebulous area, is this CPQ or is it CRM functionality? We don't have to worry about that anymore. And we use and, and, and let me ask one question here also, Vic, especially concerning forecasting, because I always hear from customers that they love this feature, right? In, in, in uh, the, some of their CRM tools, is that something where you provided some capabilities too? We, and this is the, the great thing about being a NetSuite partner, is, is NetSuite has amazing business analytics as it is, and they just launched a new version of Suite Analytics and Suite World, I think. Um, and because we're feeding NetSuite uh, all the data about quotes and orders and customers and data like that, you can actually run all those analytics um, right inside NetSuite, which has a probably one of the best tool sets available, right? And partners that partner with NetSuite on the data side that can help you even farther, you know, Tableau and all those guys. Um, so while we don't provide the tools, they're available to our joint customers. Excellent. No, and I think that's very helpful. So how long did the whole effort take for you, roughly, uh, to, to get the CRM product stood up? I mean, that feels like a trade secret. Oh, But okay. uh, <laughs> let's, say, <laughs> let's, say, let's say a year. I mean, I think that's reasonable in terms of all the research and everything else and the team we had to build out to be able to build it because mm-hmm. this was such a new thing for all of us. I mean, so much of it was just researching um, you know, where everybody is today in the market and what they were doing and what we could offer as unique advantages. Mm-hmm. And frankly, the biggest advantage for us is being native on NetSuite uh, for now because it just adds so much value to the NetSuite customer for no money uh, virtually. But again, we want to encourage more people. So at, at our heart, we're still a CPQ company, right? Which is why I'm on your podcast. Yeah. Um, But I think what you'll see, and that's the reason the CRM is free, right? And we're trying to drive you know, more people to look, to stay in the NetSuite ecosystem and to use NetSuite in the front office where maybe over the years they, they haven't or they've gotten away from that, give those folks the ability to come back. And for a lot of folks who are looking at NetSuite and are replatforming or whatever, who might say, you know what, we're, we're going to bring in a third-party CRM, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's a middle ground to look at a partner like ours to see if we can do that sales experience in a unique way that can create a lot of value for them um, and they don't have to, again, leave the ecosystem and create those integrations and everything else. Yeah. And one thing you mentioned now a couple of times that the product is free, is that what, what's the business model here? So that's the, the, you use the CRM offering to get more people into your CPQ offering or you have additional premium features that user, users have to pay for afterwards. Tell us a little bit more about that, please. Definitely uh, a little bit of a freemium model, I guess, if we're going to classify it that way. The CRM's free, so you can install it and get the sales experience totally for free. Um, there are things like the live quotes and the email integration uh, that, that are a small upcharge. But again, we think at the end of the day, the more people, we still believe in CPQ, right, deeply. Um, we just think that a lot of people end up not using our CPQ, which is you know the best available in the NetSuite ecosystem, 
because they're using these third-party CRMs or Salesforce. So we're trying to give them a reason to come back and hoping that as they you know, re-implement or they look at it, that maybe they do think, hey, I do need a CPQ. But right now, so many of those CPQ opportunities get run along with the CRM deals, um, especially in Salesforce since they bought Steelbrick. We're telling them, hey, come here and you can have that same combined experience for your salespeople that you were looking for over there, but inside a NetSuite. My discussion with Wick took a little bit longer than usual, and that's why we decided to make this a two-part series. So listen to part two next week. I'd like to thank everyone for listening and hope you learned something interesting today. If you like the podcast, please go ahead and rate it on iTunes or share it with your friends and colleagues. In the meantime, you can find us online at www.novocpq.com. So long, everyone.